What's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode of Three Wide in the Middle with me, Thomas Brandon, and my man Keith Bradley. Keith, how's it going? What's up? Well, not much. How's your How was your weekend? It was pretty good. Nice. It was really good. How was your weekend? Um, it was uh freaking busy. In fact, dude, since our last show, man, it has been crazier than normal in my household. Like I, th- I, I thought my crazy, I thought I had had pretty much what was going to be like my craziest week of the year when I had the whole funeral and the passing with my grandma and everything. And I upstaged that like the next week. So it was, it, it was nuts, man. It, it was, it was, most of it was good, but it was just crazy. This last weekend we had, uh, I took my wife and my daughter to this concert um, in Sacramento, this band called Antocable, which is a, it's a Mexican band. You know, my, my wife's from Mexico. And um, that was a lot of fun, but it was just a really, really long night. You had to drive to Sacramento and stuff like that. And then the very next day, my wife and daughter and, you know, my wife's sisters and their kids, you know, their girls, they all went to a Pitbull concert. So then I had my son and my nephew for that whole night. And then my son got sick that night and he's been sick this whole week with hand, foot, and mouth disease. And so Yikes. it's, yeah, you know what I mean? And like, he's, he's better now. Like he, in terms of his health, he's um like, he's pretty much fine, but because of the, how contagious that rash is and stuff like that, like he has to be out of school for a set number of days. And so he's home right now with that. And I, you know, trying to work from home and then have him, he's going nuts right now because he's so freaking bored. And so, yeah, been a crazy week, but it's all good. It's, uh, hasn't, hasn't been, you know, like I said, hasn't been bad stuff, just, you know, a lot of stuff, but. Well, I mean, it could be worse. We could be dealing with the uh, hurricane that South Florida. Exactly. With the other day. Uh, Yeah. Prayers to everybody down there. Any of yeah. our listeners. That's yeah, terrible. It's been um it's been nuts there. And uh the crazy thing is is it's still they they keep changing the trajectory of it, which I've never understood. This is one of the that's one of the reasons why I always get so mad at the whole global warming climate change thing. And I'm not looking I'm not for but we start getting hate mail. I'm not some denier or or anything like that. I just find it ridiculous when someone like, you know, some politician, right, who cannot literally figure out a budget is all of a sudden coming out talking about how, you know, half the United States is going to be underwater in six years, you know, because of all their their know-how in the world of meteorology. And we can't predict a week out, right? We can't predict where the hurricane's going to hit. You know what I mean? To like be like, hey, yeah. let's prepare. You know what I mean? Like they, they'll be like, hey, it's going to hit Florida. And then two days later, they're like, actually, you know, it's kind of heading up north. That's kind of weird. You know what I mean? Like it's just they don't know the tra- well, trajectory of it. They, they also, I mean, jet streams. play Exactly. A big, that plays big, a huge big role. factor. Yeah. And, and, and fortunately for me, I got I have family in the Pinellas Park area, St. Petersburg, Tampa area. So when it was first projected to hit there, like the, that night, but a mm-hmm. few hours before the low hit, I was like, wow, this is going to be really bad. Hopefully my aunt and everybody's safe. And then it ended up hitting two hours south. And it's like, oh, thank God. And then after seeing all the videos, man, yeah. that thing grew into a monster in like hours. Yeah. Yeah, it did, man. And so, yeah, if you're, you know, it's got the path of it now, it's showing, you know, it's basically kind of arcing towards the whole uh, Carolinas. Yeah, Carolinas, Virginia, West Virginia area, even parts, I guess, maybe like on the the border of Kentucky, you know, so. And and of course, like we just said, that could change like that absolutely could change. So, um, yeah, if, if you are in those areas, man thoughts and prayers are with you because that stuff sucks you know for as much as i hate on california um that we don't get hurricanes which is awesome i'm glad uh, I'm a lot right of other where issues. i'm at yeah we don't get hurricanes rarely do yep. we get the effects of a hurricane yeah we rarely get tornadoes but yep. damn when it gets cold it gets 
cold. Yeah, you guys got some. <laughs> you guys got some issues when it comes to to temperatures, freezes. Yeah, and it's that's a that's another nightmare, man. Between the between the cold and the humidities. Yep. Yeah. Oh God, that'll kill you. For the wolves. For yep. the wolves. <laughs> that'll kill you. So, but speaking of craziness and problems, this week's open. I I got. I want to touch on something because it's. We've seen this song and dance before when it comes to NASCAR and Goodyear tire problems. And this last week and this last week at uh, Texas was no exception. We once again saw problems with the tires. Um, we saw it the weekend before at Bristol. Now, a lot of the tire problem was also overshadowed by the steering pump issue, right? The the whole rack and pinion issues with the, uh, the, the steering setup they've got on the cars now. And I believe that's something that'll be fixed. You know, Bristol is unique. We talked about that last week. And I also believe that the, the issue with the tire will eventually be fixed. But it brings up an interesting uh discussion when it comes to unintended consequences and we see this all the time in sports right we see this all the time in society it's just one of those things where the rule makers whatever you want to call them, the powers that be those in charge right they will go into a situation or come up with the rule or a concept or a design, whatever it may be, and they have the greatest of intentions, but they never look past what could be the unintended consequences. And this is what we're seeing right now with a lot of the tire issues. Now, we can look to just settle this right now. Are all of the tire issues on the teams? No. Are 100% of the tire issues on Goodyear. No. All right. There has to be some part of this where it's like, look, we've, this is a new tire. They're running something they've never ran even close to before. Right. Like when NASCAR went from the bias ply to the radial tire, at least the dimensions were basically the same. Okay. So there was a lot of similarities between the tires, the flex of the tire, the way that you could slide around with it, right? The, the limit of the tire, when you start talking about coefficient of friction, stuff like that was different, but the overall design of it, the size of it, stuff like that was the same. Now we're going to something completely different. We talked about this last week. It's wider. The sidewall is much, much smaller. Remember those sidewalls are literally like springs they they have their own spring rate to it so it's a completely different concept and right now we've got these teams that are pushing the envelope and that's what race car teams and drivers do that's what they do all right that is in, in fact that's not only what they do that's your job okay like that's just your job it is to go out there and get the absolute most that you can get out of that car for the duration of the race, whether it's 400 miles or 500 laps or whatever. And we saw a ton of tire failures this last week. And one of the issues that I don't think is being brought up enough, I believe it has to do with the unintended consequences of other rules in place. Rodney Childers made a really good point. And I actually think this is one of the one of the biggest causes of the tire issues we're seeing where he talked about, Hey, these limiters that you have got on these shocks, let us take those off right now. They're running these low, low air pressures because they're trying to get those cars to the optimal ride height for that rear diffuser. And the more that they're figuring out how to really optimize that underbody, right? That underwing and that rear diffuser, they're getting more side force. They're getting more downforce. This is allowing a much or creating a much greater load. And when you are having to run lower pressures to do this, you end up with the issues that we saw this last week at Texas. If you look at every blown tire, minus one, I think there was one that happened in turns one and two. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, every other blown tire happened in three and four, which is the high banked high speed turn where the load was at the, at, at its max. And I understand NASCAR, right. Them having these, these 
rules in place because the last thing they want is what we had with the Gen 6 car, right? Where you have one side of the car that is as smooth as glass, the other side of the car protrudes out two feet for side force, right? The car's skewed over 10 degrees. It looks like it's crab walking when it's going straight down the down the back stretch. You know what I mean? Like they had the teams had done so much to these cars. The only thing that made them even recognizable to an actual, you know, production car was the sticker on the nose. That was it. So I understand them not wanting that to happen again. But there has to be some form of give and take with this, especially when these teams can fix a lot of the issues, right? You look at the steering rack, you know, the, think about the level of frustration that you must have as a crew chief, a team owner, a driver, when you can look at that component and you can say, we can fix that problem. We, us, our team can fix that problem, but we're not allowed to because that is a component that must be purchased and not messed with. And it leads to these unintended consequences. And that is what I think we are seeing right now. Goodyear can come out and say, oh, the teams are doing this. And the teams can come out and say, Goodyear's doing this. And NASCAR can say that they're both doing it. At the end of the day, this is a product of things that have been put in place and teams doing whatever they can do to find the most speed to win races. Because at the end of the day, that's their job. And so until some of this stuff gets changed, and I'm not saying they need to have just wholesale changes and be like, all right, we're getting rid of all this, all the restrictions. And I'm not saying that, but they need to really look at these things going forward because the biggest problem that I'm hearing today and throughout this whole week is that this is just a Goodyear problem, right? Oh, it's just, it's just a Goodyear problem. Goodyear needs to, needs to fix X, Y, Z. But that, that's not necessarily the case, okay? Could they improve stuff? Yes, they could, right? But even if they improve stuff, and Keith, you know this, as a former race car driver, you're going to push everything to the absolute max, right? Even when oh. we had the cars that they understood and they understood the tires, they still would push those tires to the max, right? Oh, so, 100%. Yeah. So the, the, the teams are always going to do that. And unless NASCAR can figure out a way and what they need to do, in my opinion, is get with these teams and start looking at some of this stuff. Um, th this whole, just, you cannot touch any component that you get from a, uh, you know, a supplier is, I, I understand it on a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things though, to where it just seems ridiculous. And it, to me, it's causing issues that don't need to be happening. Because think about this, Keith, what happens if we go into Phoenix, right? Or Vegas, right? Vegas is a mile and a half track, a, a fast mile and a half track. Homestead, fast mile and a half track. And you got guys fighting to get into the final four and they're dealing with these types of tire problems, right? Who? It doesn't matter if their team pushed the envelope too much. The narrative has been written. The tires are an issue, right? How many, how, what kind of uproar are we going to see with that? Oh man, I, I think you'd see NASCAR get burned down by the fans. Exactly, right? Like people don't want to see that. People want to see good racing. And I had a, I, I heard a lot of people this last weekend talking about how this race was like the Indianapolis Goodyear debacle. That, ooh, that ooh. that's <laughs> that's an all timer. Okay, for those of yeah. you who are saying that, you must not have watched that race. Okay, because Terrible. Texas, <laughs> although we had some tire problems this last weekend, it was not indianapolis that was that was an all-timer in well, terms of just shit shows what was it they were doing they would run 10 lap stints it was 10 lap steps competition it, cautions at 10 laps every 10 laps mm -hmm. for what a shit show 500 miles i mean it was insane yeah. Yeah, and even then, you still had teams, you still had cars that couldn't make it like seven or eight laps. They were starting to have tire yeah. failures after seven or eight laps. It was it, an absolute cluster. At least with the issue now, mm -hmm. or the issue this Sunday, at least the issue is every 30 laps, and it wasn't even really every 30 laps. It was 35-ish. Yeah, it's like 35 to 40, eight. you know, somewhere right around there. But, you know, I completely agree. I think it's time to 
put a lot of this back in the team's hands. It, it's NASCAR points a finger at Goodyear, Goodyear points a finger at NASCAR, and then they both point the fingers at the teams, and it's like, no. Yeah, exactly. You need to work with the teams to figure out what's yep. going on here. Me, personally, I don't think they were ready for the load. I don't think they understood no. the load that would that was going to be put on the back tires. Nobody mm-hmm. knew. I mean, it was a big no. unknown. Yeah, and, and I think... Tire deal's been a secret all year. It, it's been yeah. a since day one. Well, and I think that's one of the, you know, we keep hearing them talk about how, you know, they they got this con this concept is from the GT3 world and that type of thing. And, you know, GT3 cars, yes, run rear diffusers. GT3 cars go out and run for hours and hours and hours at a time. Uh, GT3 cars do not create nowhere near the amount of load or corner force as a nascar does right when you talk about sailing a car in at 175 miles an hour on 28 degrees of banking right like that creates a a level of force on a tire that is not being generated by really any other other car car out there right i mean you have very f1 maybe at a couple of corners that they race i mean everything else it's, it's there's nothing else like it so you know, it's a completely different concept than anything that they've ever done, right? In terms of taking that model of tire where you talk about wide with the very low profile and then having to adapt that to NASCAR. And it's going to take time. And I just, I just hope that they can at least get it to where we don't have the failures deciding races before the end of this season. Well, and I think my biggest problem with the whole deal is they would, they always pound their chest ever since Dale senior passed away. They always pound their chest. We're the safest sport in auto racing in the, in America. Yeah. If that's the case, what's going on now? Because yeah. these cars fixed. are not fun to crash. I mean, we see no. Kurt Busch backing into the wall and it didn't even look like that big of a crash. And guess what? He's still sitting out of the car. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. guys are saying that they're still sore after big crashes. I mean, we we seen um, Cody Ware's big crash. I mm-hmm. mean, can can it be blamed on a tire? Don't know. No, I don't think anybody really truly knows exactly what happened with that. But if we're gonna if we're gonna pound our chest about being the safest motorsports in in America, then come on. Yeah. Well, let our teams have a little bit of leeway here. Before somebody really does get hurt. And unfortunately, when we see changes for the positive, it's because somebody got hurt. Yeah. It's always more reactive than proactive. So, yeah, 100%. I'm with you. I'm with you. So, we'll see what happens the rest of the season. But moving on, we've got a bunch of stuff to cover here in our next segment hit or miss. Um, bunch of things happened this last weekend, along with the drama at Texas. We had the four crown. We've got the National Open coming up this weekend. And so we're going to tackle all of that and more in hit or miss right after the break. All right. So it is time for pretty much me and Keith's favorite segment of the show, hit or miss. This is where I get to, yep. I get to basically, (laughs) I I spend my week coming up with this stuff. Like I I have like a little notepad on my phone. Like if I get an idea or something like that, I'll just like write it down real quick on my phone. So I don't forget it. Um, And I come up with these things uh, just throughout the week. And then I kind of trim it down. Now this week, we've got a lot of them because there was a lot of stuff that happened and I didn't, I didn't want to cut anything out um, because most of them were really, really good. So, Let's get this. Let's get this party started. All right. First one we've got um, is with NASCAR not going back to Texas now until September of 2023. So basically, they're not going to be back for a year. The best thing that they can do to that track is bulldoze it and rebuild it. Keith, hit or miss the mark. I will say. I'm going to say it misses the mark. Now, really? I'm, I'm not saying that it doesn't need fixed because it does. Yes, it does. Absolutely. It, it really does. Yes, it does. But I wouldn't bulldoze the whole thing. I'd bulldoze turn one mm-hmm. and I would take turn one and put it right back to where the old Texas was. That's you know what? I'm I'm with you. And and here's the thing. 
that a lot of people I don't think understand. When you start talking about reconfiguring a track, for them to do that with Texas after they just redid the suites and all the stuff like that, Texas, I mean, dude, you're talking about tearing down a lot of investment. You know, Marcus Smith is not an idiot. He's not just going to burn cash. But I'm with you. I I would like to see them put turns one and two back to the way it was. Texas, I don't understand why they did this. Texas was great. It was a good track. I don't know why they screwed it up. Let's go back to 2014 Texas where you had three cars racing for the lead when Keselowski tried forcing his car into the middle and wrecked Jeff Gordon. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think bulldozing the whole venue Mm-mm. is the answer because then you're you're going to have to rebuild your grandstands and in the nice suites that they just built the Yep. Just take turn 1, take it back about 8 years ago. Bam got good texas back yep exactly there's no reason in my mind there's no reason to have a turn one that's a hundred foot wide and only use five foot of it (laughs) well yeah because it's like the slowest turn one on earth it doesn't make any sense it is literally a like when it comes to the laws of physics it's an oddity like i don't get it you know it's i i you look at i always talk about it's the most deceiving corner in all of motorsports because if you look at that corner you look at it and you're like oh my god this thing is wide it is banked i should be able to just sail off into this thing and 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 go through it almost wide open (laughs) and you can't you're slowing down like you're at a you know a a a half mile track yeah (laughs) like you're at like you're at richmond it's insane so yeah i don't get it i don't i've never understood it and I'm sure I'll get a bunch of pushback, but I'm sorry. We don't need two Atlantas. We don't. No, we don't, man. We really we don't. don't. I'm so tired of the super speedway racing. Yeah. And, Can we get uh, off the freaking restrictor plate crap? Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, just take, we don't need that. Texas. Bring yeah. old Texas back because it was yeah. great. I loved the old Texas. Me too. I loved it. Yep. Now my dream, if I if I had a magic wand and I could do any like I was just like, hey, I'm in charge and I've got the magical powers to to transform this stuff any way that I want to. I would actually turn I would do exactly what we're talking about. I would turn Texas into old Texas and then I would go over to Georgia and I would turn Atlanta into old Atlanta. Yeah. And 100%. just we're good now. We're good. I like was... that's that's what I want to see. I and you'll probably agree with me. I was so upset that they reconfigured Atlanta. Yes, I loved yeah. the old Atlanta where you seen Harvick doing the Harvicking as they called it on the bottom, and now it's just gone. Mm-hmm. gone. Yeah, I'm with you. It, it was yeah. So yeah, they they're not going to be able even if they even if they were like, hey, we're gonna bulldoze the track or that's an option there's no way that they could do the entire thing and have it done by next year there's just oh it's not possible so so yeah i i hope they do something with one and two because it needs it needs to be fixed because the way that it is now just sucks it just sucks all right next one so nascar released the 2023 schedule um obviously the big the big headliners of the new schedule was north wilkesboro and the next one, which is the Chicago street course, which NASCAR will be going to for the 4th of July weekend. This is a great thing for the sport. Keith hit or miss the mark. Miss the mark. I agree. I'm going to say miss the mark. And and here's why. Any of the listeners take, take your family to Chicago and just go to different parts of Chicago it's dangerous. Chicago's dangerous. I mean, it's a, one of the biggest murder capitals in the world, especially on 4th of July weekend. And now let's have a race in Chicago, 4th of July weekend, and have it draw a bunch of people in. And I just, I don't like it. It's got a lot of bad things in the making from a safety aspect from fans. Because, I mean, you're going to have people come into Chicago that's never been to Chicago and get lost. It's going to happen. And oh, yeah. I don't like it. Um, uh, just, 
Yeah, Ugh. they get lost when they go to Talladega. <laughs> right, right. In, in after, Chicago. <laughs> and they, they've already had spotters' rental cars get broken into at other places. And now it's kind of like, okay, so you want to go to the place where guns aren't mm-hmm. legal, but we have the highest crime rate when it comes to gun violence. So yeah. I just, I don't like it. I'm with you. I don't like it either. And I'm, I'll take it on a different route. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of street courses. You know, there, there's only a few street courses in all of motorsport racing that I like. And if you look at those street courses, they happen to take place on some of the widest streets in these towns, right? Like when you start looking at some of the street courses that F1 goes to, it's like, oh, well, this is an eight lane downtown street. Like you can fit race cars on. I don't know what these cars are going to do on a Chicago street course. I just don't know. And look... I could be wrong. It could, it could turn out to be a phenomenal race. And I hope that is the case. I really do. Because if it does happen, that's great for the sport. But I'm just concerned about it. I would have liked to have seen NASCAR do... do if they want to run this Chicago street course, that's fine. Run it on a different part of the schedule in 2023. And if it works out, if it's a good race, then you can move it to 4th of July. Right? Had the 4th of July time slot has always been like a coveted race, right? No matter where it was Daytona. at, it's always, Years. yeah, Daytona, right? No matter where it's been at, it's always been a big deal. It's that holiday weekend, right? I mean, we, even when we, when I was racing outlaw carts years ago, and there would be a ton of us every 4th of July, we would go down to Fort Bragg and we would be in Fort Bragg at the coast all week long and we would be at a the pizza place there watching the NASCAR race, right? Whenever it was that, that Saturday night, you know, sometimes it was the third or the second. I mean, it just depended on when it fell, but we would be there watching that race. And it was always a really cool event. And for it to now be this, I'm just, I'm just really worried that we have this special holiday weekend time slot and it might be filled with a dud of a race. That's, that's my concern. So We'll obviously have to wait and see what happens. And I'm I'm more disappointed that the Cup Series left Road America on that weekend because yeah, the racing might not have been that great, but from a fan aspect, that place was packed. Yeah, the, the people love Road America. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know why we keep trying to invent the wheel or try to mimic other series and other divisions. I'm just not a big fan of putting stock cars on street courses i mean yeah it's never been done it worries me that they're doing it as a points race yeah yeah i wouldn't mind seeing yeah i'm with you too on that i'd rather go to north twice yeah me too (laughs) me too go to rockingham yeah bring back the rock yeah so all right next one william byron for his incident wrecking Denny Hamlin under the caution should have been penalized more than just a $50,000 fine and being docked 25 driver and owner points. Is this hit or miss the mark? I'm going to say it misses. All right. This is Mark. I think, I think his penalty was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was actually in a group chat for an iRacing league I'm in and I was lobbying for nothing to happen. Because he did it under yellow. It ain't like he turned him going 180 miles an hour. Should he have done it? Yeah, probably not. But would you rather him wreck him under race speeds at 180 plus or pace speed? Yeah. Well, the issue is, is that this has happened before, though, and NASCAR suspended the driver. This was years ago. They suspended the driver. They've they've set a precedence for that. Right, and, and and I agree with that, and yeah. and I know what they're talking about. It's the Matt Kenseth, Joe Logano. Yep. But we got two different situations. He didn't go and destroy him. Yeah, you're right. He didn't run him down. He didn't slow him down and then take him out. I mean, I, I've you've watched a lot of NASCAR. Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of NASCAR. Pocono, Kevin Harvick and Matt Kenseth, perfect example. Yep. Wrecked each other under yellow. Bygones be gone. Bygones, let it go. That's how I felt with this. 
and I'm, which was even but, funnier was the fact that NASCAR didn't even see it happen when it happened. Well, well and here, here's <laughs> my problem with that. They act like they didn't see it. <laughs> but their social media team did. Yeah, <laughs> posted on social media. Well, they had it on the Jumbotron. I, it just, in, it, <laughs> in, yeah, in, it's horrible. And you know what? And I, I blame more of it on Willie B. I like Willie B. He's a good race car driver. He's fast as hell. Man. Your PR guy has yeah. got to be shaking his head like, why'd you own up to that? Yeah. Because if you would have just said, oh, I was looking at the gauges, I was looking in the mirror. Yep. Didn't see it. I'm sorry. Yep. Probably wouldn't have been suspended. Adjusting my Hans device. Something. Yeah. yeah I mean, something. Don't make so, it obvious. Yep. Yeah. I'm with you. Um, I thought if they find, if they were going to find him, I thought the penalty they gave him was fine. I didn't think, I no, obviously okay. did not think that they should suspend him a week. I thought that no. was too much. And I knew that they wouldn't suspend it. You're not going to suspend a playoff driver a week. You're just not no. going to do it. You know what I no. mean? No, I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I understand, I understand NASCAR doing that. They don't want people wrecking into each other under caution. So, you know, if and, they want to make sure it doesn't happen again. I get it. I don't know if this is going to be one of the hit or misses, but the other one that got the fine, I got a different stance on that one. Yeah, well, that one's actually next, which oh. is Ty Gibbs's penalty should have been more for his actions on pit road. Hit or miss the mark? I'm going to say it misses the mark. It should have been way more. Yeah, it's yes, way should've. more. Way, way more. And now all of our listeners are like, but Keith, you, you're just okay with this guy wrecking Another guy under yellow. You can't do that shit on pit road, man. When when Christopher Busher's team is working on his car mm -hmm. and Ty Gibbs doors, Ty Dillon, and Ty Dillon almost hits the crew. Now, they've had crew guys get killed because of this. Yeah. They've had crew guys get killed, get hurt, get seriously injured. That don't belong in the sport. No. And you cannot I, be doing that. I truly believe Ty Gibbs should have been set for the rest of the season because of it. And and I say this because he has been very, very immature this whole year. Whether it's in the cup car. Well, not really in the cup car. In the Xfinity car. He's acted like a twelve year old. Yeah. Yeah, he and has he has had some little yeah, like well, I mean, look what he did to Sam Mayer at, yeah. at Martinsville. Mm -hmm. If if I'm if I'm Coach Gibbs, Papal, I'm sorry, Ty, you're you're gonna figure out how to pay your own fine. Yes, and and I know our listeners are like, but you're okay with this yep. happening? But at least when Willie did it to Denny, there was nobody around. It's on the but, track. But yeah, I mean. And they're under caution. You got to think about it like this, man. Okay. I know when, because I, I, I forget about it too. When you're watching the cars go down pit road, right? Compared to them under green on the track, it looks like they're crawling, but they're going what you would be doing if you were out on, out here, you know, we got I-5, Interstate 5, right? The highway, your freeway, in your hometown, that's how fast they're going on pit road. They're doing 50, 55 miles an hour. And you've got people out there working on cars. So imagine you're changing your tire on your town's highway, right? And then all of a sudden, a truck's going by and some jackass with road rage doors him and knocks that truck towards you as you're changing your tire, right? Like yeah. that's the situation that we're talking about. You know what I mean? Except and, it's way worse because there's an entire crew of driver or of, of, yeah. of people out there. It's not and, just one person. I, I think what makes what scared me more the most about that whole situation is that the old car didn't have a diffuser, and I'm pretty sure if you got ran over, yeah, it's gonna hurt. But I, yeah. I'm I'd be more afraid to see what that diffuser would do to somebody if they got rolled up under the car. I mean, there's just no place for that. No, there's not. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you. It was a it was a punk move. Um, well, and he did it, it to uh, Eric Jones right before all that. Yep. So just not on pit road. It's down the back straightaway. Yep. But hey, I'm fine with that. If yep. you want to, 
Show you your displeasure with the guy. Go for it. Do it just on the on track. That road. Come yeah. on. Yeah, that's just that's that's Meet him in the RV lot later or the airport. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him with you there, man. That one that was just horrible. It was horrible. So I couldn't I couldn't watch it twice. It was, it was very, very close from being very, very bad. Yeah, it was. All right, next one. So We'll switch up here. We got the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars this weekend's National Open at Williams Grove. That's right. All you posse members got your flags out and you're ready to go this weekend. So this weekend's National Open at Williams Grove will be won by a member of the PA Posse. Hit or miss, Keith? Um, Hold on. Where's my eight ball? Brent Marks is in it somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be won by a PA guy. I think Brent Marks is – I think he's going to win it. Really, you do? Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm saying it, it, miss. I'm saying miss just to troll all my posse well, friends. Miss. <laughs> Posse's not even finished in the top five. Miss. Let me, let, me, let me take a couple steps back. I still hate the state of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, Pittsburgh is missing dead to me. I, I, yeah. But if you if you look at it, Brent Marks has stepped up big. Uh, they they, they have, man. He's been on fire, dude. I mean, when we had so, when we had Jeremy on the show, you know, a while ago. I mean, Marks and even when you talk about Macri, Dietrich, I mean, yeah, yeah, Lance Deweese, like those guys are so. They're I mean, they're good regardless, but they're so good at Williams Grove, man. But I'm with you. I think Brett Marks is going to hurt his back this week because he'll be the only PA guy to do anything. Yeah. So be carrying the whole posse. But yeah, I say he's... that take a balance, but on fire, Tommy. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> man. He really has, dude. That's actually the the guy that I would be that I would think has the best chance of doing it, man. Though he's been, I still don't know where the hell that that has come from. He's he's been on oh, fire lately. Yep. So, must have been hanging out in Indiana. Must yeah. have been, must have been. Got a got a blood transfusion or something in yeah. Kokomo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, switching gears now to last weekend's Four Crown National. So Justin Grant scored his fiftieth USAC National Sprint Car victory, winning the Sprint Car race in the Four Crown National. So this win puts Grant in. It, an elite group of drivers. We'll talk about the drivers, the drivers who have at least 50 wins. It's freaking insane when you hear the names. So Justin Grant, he's 31 years old right now. By the time he retires, he will be in the top 10 in sprint car wins in USAC hit or miss. Uh, it hits the mark. I, I think it misses the mark. And the only reason why I think it misses the mark is because of the guys in the top 10. <laughs> and I don't know how he's, how long he's going to drive sprint cars. I mean, 31 is not old, but he's got 50 right now. He's actually 26th overall. So the top 10 right now in USAC national sprint car victories. We're just talking features, okay? You've got AJ Foyt at number one with 159, Rich Vogler with 134, Mel Kenyon 111, Dave Darlin 106, Tracy Hines 91, Gary Bettenhausen 82, Brian Clausen 81, Tom Bigelow 81, Bob Went 79, and then the 10th driver is Jack Hewitt with 76. So Grant's going to need to get 27 more wins to get into the top 10. I think he could do it. I think he can do it too. Will he yeah. do it? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I'm calling him right now and telling him to do it. <laughs> Get on it, buddy. And, 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 I, and I'll say this. As long as he stays in that top four car, he has a damn good shot at doing it because he's been really fast this year. Oh, he's been incredible, man. And, he's been incredible. And JG ain't no, ain't no slouch. Yeah, he he's getting up there in age, but I think he's starting to hit his prime yeah well that's the thing he's only 31 i mean dude how long was dave darling kicking ass right i uh, mean dave darling's still kicking ass ex ex me. <laughs> exactly you know what i mean and he's he's had to come back from like legit health issues so yeah i'm with you i think he could go if he if he's one of those guys where he's just like oh, i'm just gonna i'm gonna run dirt and i'm gonna be running sprint cars like this till you know i'm 60 then i think he could i think he can get up into the as, top as 10. long as something very unfortunate doesn't happen i think he's got a really good shot i don't think he'll get to the top 
top five will be hard. Top five will be really hard, but I'm not going to count him out because every time I do, it's like, well, frick. <laughs> yeah, to get into the top five, he would need to have it's gonna be 92 tough. wins. Yeah, because you got Tracy Hines at, in fifth with 91. So I wonder if Tracy Hines cried his way there. I can't remember. I don't know. He was, yeah, just I, a, lot of, he was a big crybaby when we raced with him. He was. Dude was good, though. God, he was good, man. Oh, he, he was good, but he had that Kyle Busch. Yes, absolutely. To him too. Absolutely. I ain't All taking right. nothing Tracy. Sorry. No problem. Our last one here is on the midget side. So Chris Wyndham won the four crown midget feature for the second year in a row. Joining Rich Vogler, Kyle Larson, and Tyler Courtney as the only drivers to do so. There's only four drivers that have won back-to-back midget features in terms of the, the four crown nationals. Next year, Wyndham will be the first ever to win three consecutive. Hit or miss the mark. Man, I don't know which way to go with this just because I don't I don't know if he'll race in it next year. So I mean That dang. obviously is going to put a huge problem. I'm, I'm just gonna put it under swing. question. Yeah, I'm just gonna go for it. He hits the mark. I think I think, I mean, if he's somebody who cares about that, and obviously I don't know him, if he's somebody who would who cares about that, because that's one of those things that if I was Chris Wyndham, even if next year I was racing something else, I would have to run the four crown midget race just I for would, that reason. I would almost assume if he is racing all stars next year for the whole year for points and they go to the four crown, I would almost assume he's going to be in a Chad boat midget. Mm hmm. For some reason, it slipped my mind last week when we were talking about it. But, <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think it hits the mark. Chris Wyndham's is a dude in a midget. Yes, he is. He is very good in hopefully, a midget. Hopefully, that starts to carry over in the wing car, because I'd like to see Wyndham do a little bit better. But, not everybody's like Tyler Courtney. But, no, Chris Wyndham's a badass in a midget. He is. He is. Um, he's 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 very good in a midget. Did you have him? Was that your pick? You picked t I think you picked t and Wyndham, if I'm remembering correctly. Because um, I had Macintosh and Kofoid. I actually think you did pick Wyndham. Uh, no, I picked the RMS guys. Oh, that's right. That's I right. I picked Justin that's Grant right. and, and uh, t That's right. Only you, because I... You picked Wyndham for the All-Stars, I think. Yep. And that's right. That blew up in my face. That's right. So, yeah. Just won't talk about that, Tommy. Yeah, it's all right. It happens. I've had those weekends too. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think next year he'll run for it. I mean, will he get it? Him versus the field. That's a tough one, man. Um, I'll, I'll tell you right now, it would be cool if he did just because nobody else has done that. Right. You look and, at and... The, the names of drivers, you know, it's that would be amazing. And I completely agree. Um, hopefully there's more cars there next year, though. Yes, hopefully. That was... Fingers crossed. That was shocking. And it's I sickening. don't know what is the the cause of that. I mean, dude, there's we have more midgets that show up for a regular USAC points race than the four crown. I, I, I just I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm, it's like it all fell off a cliff. Yeah. Like the week of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is really sad because that I think... Midget racing was taken off this year. Well, yeah, but not only that, man. I, I tell people this all the time who ask me about, you know, if I had to go pick a dirt race, like what would it be? The, to me, it's a, it's a midget race. It is a dirt midget race. There's nothing on earth like it there just isn't man there absolutely isn't and they're insane to freaking watch dude they're amazing they're some of the best racing and there's very few tracks very few big tracks let me clarify this there's very few big tracks that i like to watch them on eldora is one of them eldora is one you know for the most part i like them at the smaller tracks i think three-eighths of a mile is about as big as i want to see them on but you know, obviously something different about yeah, Eldora, Eldora. Yes. You know what I mean? It it's just, just 
it's incredible for the people that to even see it in person it's 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 a big oh, wow dude. factor because the track is so freaking big mm-hmm. and cars are so small yep they I, I there's times where i thought last year when i was there that they were going fast if not faster than the uh of outlaw wing cars i mean they were they were absolutely freaking flying they fly man they fly i remember when we ran them down at um the half mile down in southern california paris on the speedway yeah i dude they're like 130 i mean they're just flying man they're so fast let me ask you this because the chore the 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 sport is evolving from when we Mm -hmm. were involved do you think teams decided to sit it out because the cars are getting lighter? Man, that's um just because an interesting of, concept, man. I've never thought about it like that. It, and what made me think of it was the Dason Pursley accident. I mean, the cars are getting lighter from when we were involved in the sport. Oh I mean, yeah. They're moving to all titanium bolts and nuts and washers and Every, everything. Everything is everything is lighter across the board. And 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 that got that got me thinking the other night. Like, man, I wonder if this could be a part of the issue just here, because mm-hmm. I, I think the car counts will be better everywhere else. Eldora is just terrifying, and if you wreck at Eldora, it's usually big. Yep. There's never a small flip at Eldora. Yep. I mean, we. We seen Kyle Larson about die there, and he has not been in a non-wing car since. Yeah, but that got me thinking. Like, damn, these these cars are lighter this year, lighter than I think they ever have been. Yeah, they are. Well, they I, are. I almost think if that's playing a, a a factor in it. Yeah, I could see that. Um, you know, they're extremely light. The power to weight ratio is basically what a four ten sprint car is. You know what I mean? It's insane. Um, because they're so light, it might even be a little bit better. You know, they're getting 400 horsepower out of them little engines, which is just nuts. Well, it's like, it's like putting a weed eater engine on an empty pop can. It is dude. It's crazy. And I was talking to, um, a guy that I used to race outlaw carts with. His name's Glenn cry. His dad or his Glenn cry, his son, Quentin, they used to race sprint cars and midgets and stuff like that. And we were talking about it and he was like, well, God, if, if we were going to get back into it, he's like, I would do a sprint car over a midget. He's like, them freaking midgets cost twice as much as a 360 sprint car does. And it's, it's the truth. You know what I mean? The, when, when we were doing the, when I was doing the midgets back in late nineties, early two thousands, we were just starting to really get into that where I remember the first time we got carbon fiber body pieces right like that was a huge if you had carbon fiber body pieces back in the day you were a bad mother yeah man that was like (laughs) dude like it was such a big deal man for us to have a carbon fiber hood and side piece you know what I mean like it was such a big deal and, and it was expensive too, you know, like we were one of the first teams out here out West, you know, running USAC Western States and BCRA and stuff like that, um, to have, you know, the, a whole, you know, the whole car had the titanium bolt kits in it. Like a lot of people weren't doing that yet because there just wasn't the need, you know what I mean? Like every people weren't doing that yet. We were just starting to really see that stuff pick up. And now, like you said, every car is doing that. Every car has those things. You know what I mean? They're, it, it, they're, they're 150, 200 pounds lighter probably on average than what they used to be because they're also saving a lot of weight in, on the motor side. That was something that I was. I remember um, there was a uh, a motor builder back then. Um, he used to. They were. He was like exclusive to. He wasn't exclusive, but he worked with um, the the Lewis cars. Okay, so uh, you remember the Steve Lu- the the Lewis cars, right? The nine cars. That was like the the thing, right? Tony Stewart drove for him. Kenny Irwin Jr., Casey Kane, Jason Leffler, JJ Yaley, Jeff Gordon, like all those guys had driven for the Lewis, for, for Lewis. And they had the um, Ed Pink engines. And at the time, those engines were like 60 grand. I mean, it, it was it was insane, the money. And one of the big things about those motors was not just the horsepower they made from what I was told, but because those motors were like 30, 
40 pounds lighter than any other motor at the time, which was like unheard of. It was unheard of. It was like, how does it even, how does it not just grenade? And at the time, apparently you had to like refresh it like every six engines or every six races where we were doing our motors, you know, we had like a Gertie engine, you know, we're refreshing it like every 16, you know, 12 to 16, this one, you're doing it every four to six. So, you know, the, the weight I think is, is real. I mean, I, I think you're onto something there because the cars are so much lighter than they used to be so much lighter. Yeah. I mean, just from a component mm-hmm. standpoint, I mean, even the torsion bars, everything is, everything. everything's getting lighter. Yeah. And, and, and I thought I really hit on something there like, damn, I want to, yeah, this could be it. This is it. Yeah. I think that could be it. I think you also got, you know, a track like Eldora is also going to really show the, the budget separation, right? And like, I don't care. Cool. I don't care how good you are. If you've got inferior equipment at a track like Eldora, you ain't running with those guys. You're not, no. you're not running, right? I built, you know, I, I take Timez and throw him in the, the midget, you know, that the guys down the street running at the weekly, you know, track here, that's just, you know, everything is, you know, normal parts. There's nothing high end on it. Right. I don't care if it's Kyle Larson in the car. It doesn't, doesn't matter who it is, right. You're not going to compete with, you know, Justin Grant and, and Macintosh and Kofoid and all those guys in that, you know, just top of the line equipment. So I think that might have right. something to do with it. So, too. so let's, let's keep an eye on it. October seventh, they go to Wayne County in Wayne City, Illinois, and let's see if the car count is bigger because Wayne County is a smaller, it's tiny. What is it? So, a sixth of a mile? Yeah, something like that. It's tiny. It ain't very. It's like big a, at it's all. like a go kart track. Yeah, it's like the size of the outlaw kart track that I used to so, race on. Yeah. So we had we had seventeen at Eldora. I'm I'm gonna say we get more than seventeen because the speeds are gonna be slower. Mm-hmm. The track is not nearly as big. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Cause yeah, I was shocked to see that because the sprint cars had, surprised. you know, the USAC sprint cars had a ton of, you know, there was 40 cars there. I mean, when was, was the last time you seen a C main? Yeah, exactly. The USAC event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can tell it was you awesome. is years. Yeah. It was awesome. It was very awesome. Yep. I was glad to see the non-wing guys show out. Yep. Me show too. Up. Me too. So yeah, fun, fun weekend of racing, man. It was, it was, a uh, it was a lot of fun, man. I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. And since I missed most of it live, I got to go back and watch it, you know, Monday and Tuesday, all of it recorded. And, uh, it was, yeah, made the, made the day go by fast. I enjoyed it. Even better. Yep, exactly. So, all right. Well, before we wrap things up, we do have an ask three wide email this week. And, uh, this one, I, I'm doing it today because it literally fits in perfectly to what we were just talking about. Um, and this guy, KJ, that's all they got is KJ. So I imagine that's initials for something, but KJ asks with Chris, when, so let me set it up this way. First, Wyndham became only the sixth driver to reach five overall victories in four crown events. Okay. So there's only six guys who have won at least five races in the four crown event. So that could be sprint car midget, you know, back in the day they ran the modifieds there, right? Heck, I think even when it late first models, started, they ran yeah. late models too. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, uh, there's only a, a, uh, six guys who have won at least five of those races. And now Wyndham is, he's one of them. Um, so KJ asks, do you think anybody will ever surpass Jack's record of 19 victories in four crown events? That's what he's asking. Ooh. I, uh, I gotta say no. Yeah. I was going to say no too. Um, and keep in mind, Jack's like one of my favorites and, um, yeah, I, I'm just I one of the, I'm one of those people that like any record Jack holds, I don't really want it broken. Like, <laughs> yeah. don't even think about touching it. Yeah. I, I just, I just I don't, don't even look want, at it. Yeah. I just don't want anybody to mess with it, but, um, I, I don't see anybody breaking it just because 
even though we have guys that will come out and do the double and triple duty at the four crown, like Jack did that every year for uh, decades. I mean, like it was like forever. Like that. I mean, that's and, just what he did, and, and he not, dominated. And not to mention the car counts were a hell of a lot higher too. Mm-hmm. A yeah. hell of a lot higher. Yeah. If you go back and oh, let me see if I can find it. Um, I'm I'm gonna say right here right now, Chris Wyndham gets to seven. That, that that'll be as high as he gets. I don't I don't think we'll ever see anybody hit 19. And if we do, I'll eat my words and I'll own up to it. But I don't see it happening. I really don't. Yeah, I don't see it neither, man. Just because um, it, it's gonna be a lot of lock. Yeah, lock, a lot you know of I mean? lock involved, especially at Eldora and Eldora. The racetrack has changed mm-hmm. a ton from then to now. Yeah, you know, Jack Hewitt got his first win at the Four Crown in. 1983 in the USAC sprints. And, you know, the man literally was winning until what late nineties. It went on, it went on for like 15 years, you know? So, you know, I mean, Jack was the only one who, you know, swept it in what was it? 90, was it 97 or 98? I remember it was when I was in high school, 98 Jack swept it. You know, he won the silver crown, the modifieds, the the sprint cars, and the midgets. Like just swept the weekend. You know, the only other person to do that was um why am I drawing a blank? Um Kyle Larson, but Kyle Larson swept the USAC stuff. He didn't, you know, they they didn't have the the whole the modified then that that's when they started running the the wing cars. So, you know, it, I don't see anybody that means you gotta get 20 wins in four crown competition like that's man that's a lot it's just a very big tall task it is very very big well and think about this right there's six people now with five victories in the four crown right so Wyndham just became the sixth the other ones are jack hewitt number one with 19 second place is tyler courtney and Dave Darlin, they're tied for second with seven. So Jack has 12 over second place. In fact, if you took the two guys in second place, Courtney, Darlin, and Hell, you took one of the, the guys tied in third place, Rich Vogler, it would take those three to equal Jack. So I, I don't see anybody breaking I, that. I don't either. I yeah. really don't. Unless if, unless if somebody goes on a wild tear at just the foreground yeah that i just i don't see it happen. yeah and well, I mean, you're talking I about people be, running all three at least all three usac series at the foreground for multiple they, they years would, consecutively they would have to they would they have, have to. to yeah yeah and i don't i don't see it happen i think i think chris can get to seven in the midget gonna be tough yeah but it's so damn hard to tell who's gonna be there every mm-hmm. year yeah 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 and that's the thing you have to be a, an elite level talent too that's one of those things where, you know, you start talking about like if Kyle Larson just ran dirt, right? Or if Brian Clawson was still here, right? Like that's something where you're now you're talking that level of talent. That's that's what it's going to take to top a Jack Hewitt in that. You know what I mean? And so I don't I don't see it happening. Thank you very much for the question there, KJ. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't see that happening, man. So. Yeah. That's just, I don't think that's going to happen, but who knows? Crazier things have happened. Who knows? I've seen crazier things happen, especially in this sport. Yep, exactly. So, all right, everybody. So that's going to do it all for this week's show. Um, As always, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Um, Please, you guys know what to do. Download, subscribe, follow, uh, leave us a rating, a review on Spotify or uh, Apple podcasts uh, feedback is a gift even if it's negative it lets us know what to improve so yeah please do that um and if you have not already check us out on facebook and youtube uh the whole i uh, got more videos cut up to post um things have just been this like i said this week i was gonna do it put together another video with my son being sick and everything 
it seems like every week there's just it's just something it's always something man so it's just been crazy but we'll have some more stuff up for that so check that stuff out as well but that'll do it for this week's episode keith my man enjoy your weekend Ah, i will you too yep i will all of you out there that are uh in the in the line of the of the hurricane uh stay safe um you know just be careful out there hope everything goes well and uh we'll be back next week and as always take care